everyone, and welcome back to Bottomless Coffee Podcast. I'm Jerome Evans. You can find my socials. You can stream the TV show. You can stream the podcast. You can stream everything at bottomlesscoffeeshow.com. Today, I'm very excited because we were talking with a friend about personal growth. So uh, this is fun for me because people who listen to the podcasts know that I tend to gush in these conversations because I I really try to identify as like a very supportive friend and that's intentional. Uh, But what new listeners don't know is that my old friends who tune in are like, um, who is she? I mean, we love her, but like, this is not the agent of chaos that we grew up with. Um, but you know, this is nice, but it's, it's different, but it's nice. And, uh, in my personal experience as someone who's been lucky enough to get a little older is people grow. Um, and what I was never told is that you start seeing like past versions of friends and acquaintances and younger people. And it's like, okay, I remember what I did with this aspect of you in the past. And it, uh, you know, maybe wasn't the best. This time I feel like we can do better. Uh, we can be supportive. And that's really working out for me. <laughs> and the people who uh, get that support. Well, that's enough about me and my wonderful growth. Um, I wanna talk about the type of growth that comes from changing your life. And our guest, Adrian Benjamin, who I love, uh, recently moved from the United States to Paris, France. Now, before moving, he worked in policy. He worked in politics, including with yours truly, and in digital communications. Welcome to the podcast, Adrian. Hi, thanks for having me. Ah, it's a pleasure. <laughs> it's a pleasure. What a wonderful time to be alive where we can like actually have this conversation across the pond, you know? Ooh la la, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, before we get to your new fabulous life in France, um, maybe we can set some foundation here. Uh, could you, like, paint us a picture of your life in America? Yeah, wow. So I was living in the Twin Cities, and I was working for the city of Minneapolis, the municipality in City Hall. Um... I don't know. It was a very quaint existence. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, <laughs> I like it, it was... quaint. I, I'm like, I, so I was in Austin last weekend and someone was like, oh, you live in Minneapolis. I'm like, yeah. They're like, isn't it quiet? I was like, thank God. Thank God it's quiet right now. Like <laughs> we had our noisy moments. There's still echoes of that noise reverberating. Um, but I, I work better in like the quaint, quiet environment. Um, and I can see how you would not. So keep going. Keep going. <laughs> well, what happened was my world was very small. And I hit a point, and I don't want to precursor and take away your questions. No, but the not. big catalyst for me, yes, the big catalyst for me was COVID. <laughs> and I think it was for everyone. Okay, well, how do you mean by that? It literally disrupt my life uh, in such a way uh, with work. I was able to uh, telework um, at first, and then they, I became, um, I forgot the term, like a necessary worker. And so I had Essential. to go in. Um, thank you. Um, and jeopardize my health. <laughs> um, I... I, I felt like it was just a time in my life where I was being confronted with a lot of questions I was not asked before. And I finally was able to answer them. And I realized there's so much more to me <laughs> and my yeah. life than this place for now. And, you know, I realized I could leave and I can always come back. But something really pushed me. And I realized I need to leave. <laughs> but did, you, did you grow up in the Twin Cities? Yes. Well, my parents are from islands in the Caribbean, so I really went back and forth. Um, And I'm really lucky I'm a dual citizen because of that. So I hold an American passport and a European passport. And I never really took advantage of my European rights. And so I was speaking to my mother about it. She speaks five languages. (laughs) And I'm very much grown in her image. (laughs) Yeah. I just realized in that time, I felt like I was stagnant in my growth, like intellectually, 
uh, vocationally, uh, professionally. And I'm like, I am too young <laughs> to wake up one day and stay like this for three decades because I know so yeah. many people that do that. And I realized I couldn't. <laughs> so that was my yeah. life in the States. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so you grew up in the Twin Cities, going back and forth to the Caribbean, but primarily living in the Twin Cities. Um, you worked in politics, worked in policy, digital communications. You were in digital communications during COVID. Is that right? No, I was working at the city of Minneapolis. Okay. And... I decided to look into, because I felt like my intellectual growth was being stagnant. And I said, I mm -hmm. wanted to go back to school for, uh, for something. Oh. And I reached out to my, um, in college, you received like a professor who was like um, your guide. I, I forget sure. the term for it. Maybe like and a so I reached back out. Yes, yes, basically and reached back out to her and we were discussing my situation. She said, silly, silly, Adrian, you should really look at education opportunities in Europe. This would be the perfect time to do so. So I did and I applied to a couple and I was accepted to one in Paris for digital communications and that's how I decided to expand my growth there. Fantastic. So did you first start feeling like you were stagnant during lockdown or was it when they were trying to bring you back to work that you were like, this is not even working it for me. Like, <laughs> was it like, I don't even, I don't want to do this. I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> like I should be doing something else. <laughs> um, copy paste, double okay. tap, retweet, okay. boom, boom. You said it. I do think <laughs> there was something, there was a moment in the pandemic maybe even specifically like as we were coming out of lockdown when people were just like no longer doing things they were not interested in doing. It's like, I'm just, I'm just not interested. Um, and so I would say kudos to you for choosing growth in that moment uh, because it's, it's so easy to just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I think that's probably what a lot of people did and are still doing. Um, and it, But it also sounds like you didn't, know exactly what you needed when you had that feeling and so you reached out yeah I, I i didn't even have the words the questions but i knew i was in a place where it wasn't right where i felt like i had hit the top of what i can do and like you said it would have been very easy to stay safe and comfortable but i felt like if there was any time it was then because there was a lot of um, discomfort of the unknown. We didn't really know the virus. We didn't know its effects. And I felt like, well, if there's any time that I felt very existential, I guess, it was like, if, if something's going to happen to me, I might as well go for it now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> literally, literally, yeah, why not? That was the mindset. And so it was the feeling at any point, like, I need to get out of the Twin Cities, like, I need to get away from home? Or were you like, I have a bad feeling, and then when someone suggested, well, why don't you move? You were like, ah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. So what happened was, I felt like it wasn't until someone deliberately asked me the question, did I realize it didn't even dawn on me. And it's kind of like that whole, you don't know what's possible until you can imagine it or view it in some way. I didn't even see it as an option. And I feel like that's a lot of people. I think that's the majority, that they don't even see it as like, oh, as a capability until yeah. it's deliberately put in front of you. So then I guess my next question would be why Paris? Like why, why France? How did France end up being the choice? Cause you could go anywhere in the world. Well, but Europe is easier. So maybe that's that, but. Well, it was bizarre in fact, <laughs> because I never even thought I'm not a stereotypical or I'm just not the average in a lot of ways. And I, you know, yeah, Emily a lot of ways. so many, oh, well. <laughs> I mean, you're not average. We don't have to pretend, Thanks. you know what I mean? Like why? <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right you're right yeah um i didn't like romanticize paris i didn't it was not even on my my map in here and so 
I was looking at programs and there was like a couple in London. Um, there was, uh, there was Paris, there was Madrid, Barcelona. And I really saw myself in Spain if I was going to choose uh, sure. because I know Spanish already. <laughs> um, and I just feel more, I don't know, associated with like warm, welcoming Latin vibes. <laughs> but Paris gave me the best option. And so I thought, you know what? Expand, go, don't be safe. You're already going yeah. all the way, just go for it. So that's how it came to be. And even my parents were like, how, how? why? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they were very much like, where did this come from? Uh, so I had a lot of explaining to do, but they understood and they were very supportive. <laughs> well, okay, you described the Twin Cities as quaint. I'm going to go ahead and assume that your life in Paris does not feel quaint in quite the same way. I, I'm, that I'm would guessing be the last here. word. <laughs> Girl. Um, well, paint Paris a picture. Tell us about wild. it. Is it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, well, I definitely felt culture shock. I felt... Because I really didn't know the language well. Um, it is a Romance language, so it's quite similar to Spanish, but of course there's the accent and there's like a different cadence. Um, there's a lot of differences, and including the people in general. Um, I was gobsmacked <laughs> because, really? yeah, it's just like the comparisons between the two, but at the same time, they're also quite similar. It's very bizarre and like there's a lot of contradictions like with the United States. Um, I don't want to get too critical here, but you know how I can be sure. with like uh, <laughs> equal opportunity and like liberty and justice for all. But really, is that in practice the case? Same yeah. with here in France. They have their their national, um, I wouldn't even call it a slogan, um, Egalité, Fraternité, Liberté. It's like. <laughs> That's their mantra. But in practice, girl, no. <laughs> and they agree. They even agree. So oh. it's not like I'm out of pocket here. Yeah. They're, and um, quite similarly with the States, there's this like, um, almost like distrust of government institutions right now, which we see mm. across the world. So it's like, there's, there's a lot of similarities, I must say. Um, even while traveling in Europe, uh, French people are often denoted as the Americans of Europe. Oh, really? So, In yes. a positive way? <laughs> um, what do you think? <laughs> but it's just like, it, it's so different in just the things that they prioritize. Like, they very much prioritize their time. Um, where in the States, things are very quick, very like hustle culture, they call it here. I call it efficiency. Okay. <laughs> here, people don't come here for efficiency. <laughs> like, uh, it's just, so that's wild. Uh, all processes take a lot of time and money. Don't expect things to happen in a timely manner. Um, but also, what also struck me, because as you can tell just from my general demeanor, I'm quite, as people in the States say, bubbly or like, yes. I don't know, my resting face of smile. Yeah. Um, here I was told I have to be careful like when I was going through job interviews and things because it, it's I must say it's like a, there's a culture here in Paris that's different than the rest of the country very much like New York if you were to compare New York to Montana you know very okay. different so okay. very similar there but here in Paris I was told I have to be careful with my demeanor because it could be perceived as disingenuous or like not real it could be seen as fake because it's like too happy too and people here happy. are generally not happy <laughs> oh <laughs> okay okay yeah we have a lot cultural to difference we have a lot to back so you moved yeah. from the states landed on paris didn't yeah. know the language didn't know the culture you're you're still kind of getting to know um the culture in a lot of ways um but you're in language school was that like step one for you? You were like, all right, well, let me go to, because you chose education, right? Your advisor was like, what? why not pursue education opportunities? And certainly learning a language is 
an education opportunity. Is that the only education opportunity that you've taken so far? Um, so I did the uh, digital communications like certification okay. program, but that was in English because it was international. So people oh, okay. work in English across the world usually, but yeah, I decided, you know what, while I'm here, it would be so bad yeah. if I didn't learn the language, I need to be integrated. So I decided to enroll and it was a whole process. It, like you have to be admitted and it's done by the government. And um, there are, there's the oral test, the written test, the listening test. So I was admitted and then you go through the, the levels and it's like A1, A2, the, those steps. And um, I literally just finished my exam. Um, Congratulations. To, thanks. Yes, it was hoofda. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's really good because it's meant for migrants. So it's like a really easy way mm. to make friends and build a community uh, of like-minded and uh, like-experienced people that aren't from here and going through the same things as you. So you're, you move from the Twin Cities, you start learning the language in Paris. Uh, and I'm imagining that as you're learning the language, like more of the culture is kind of unfolding itself to you and you're, you're you're like oh i can read these long government documents that i'm being sent <laughs> like how, how wonderful <laughs> and um they're, they're like don't be so happy all the time <laughs> which is i guess a comment that people can make I guess. Mm -hmm. um what mm -hmm. what else have they I, I guess what else are they saying about you like how else is your Adrian-ness, your, your decision to choose joy for yourself. Uh, how else is that bothering the people of Paris? <laughs> well, what's really good is that my French is getting a lot better. So not only can I understand, because like I was saying, Paris is quite different than other cities in France. Um, their French is very quick and very blended. So for someone that isn't accustomed to that with that ear, it could just sound like jumbled. But now I'm getting way better and they can be quite sassy, especially because they can tell I'm not from here. But now I can give it back to them. <laughs> mm, and there there's almost like a respect. Yeah, there's like a respect that comes with that. Like, oh, you have a backbone. Um, so it takes a lot of strong will. And like we were talking about personal growth. I think I'm the strongest I've ever been mentally <laughs> because yes. there have been so many moments I, I countless i cannot count them all where i have been tested in the moment and i'm like how do i behave right now i could break down and cry i could lash out <laughs> but if i really want to get what i need in this situation i have to be very strategic and like a gladiator <laughs> and i am very proud of myself um so yes through the language i've built a lot of strength actually <laughs> Okay, you have to be a gladiator. I think that's a scandal reference. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> well, I want to, okay, we, we, we touched a little bit on some of the less than ideal parts of moving to Paris, but I, I follow you on Instagram, and so I know that there has been a lot of just like really fabulous things, especially in fashion, I think. Um, you were, I saw you sipping champagne in some fancy stores. Like, what was that about? And how did that even happen? So what happened was... What um, happened, Adrian? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and that's what I must say. Like, with all the criticisms, there are so many beautiful aspects to this place, which I adore. And one of them was during my first time here for school, it was during the lockdown for COVID. So a lot of it was um, cyber like this. And it wasn't until afterwards we were able to meet. But with that lockdown, a lot of tourists weren't able to visit. And so mm -hmm. I had the city for me. And it was the first time I've experienced it. So I didn't have to wait in the long lines. I didn't have to worry about... It was just magical, honestly. And with that, I was able to go to these very uh, lavish stores like Saint Laurent, Celine, Chanel, and make friends because they're all bored and there's no <laughs> one there to buy their things. 
and comes in threaten me um and of course we get along and we I, I keep visiting them and they're so bored they invite me back and they have champagne so we're just well drink some champagne try on the new line and then i'm invited to an event and you know it just builds over time so that's how that came to be um but it really is magical in how you're able to connect with people here mm-hmm. i connected with a fashion designer um at some conference that i just happened upon by walking through the streets and we connected (laughs) right we connected didn't know he was a fashion designer um like went to the parsons school in new york one of the best in the world um he even made uh gowns for lady gaga and her chromatic couture wow uh yeah yeah and um he asked me to help him with um men's fashion week um men's fashion week here because he could tell I was very organized and efficient and he needed that obviously for logistics. So I had my little headpiece, I had my little board. I was telling the time and all the things and it was just crazy, but so magical. So it's like, you really don't know what's around the corner, what's going to happen. I mean, and you got to use your strengths just almost, almost immediately because that was some time ago when that happened. So that's, Mm-hmm. That's even before you had full mastery of the language. People were like pulling you off the street and putting you into like really significant positions for their uh, projects, even if that was temporary. That's okay. You're making it sound like I'm. It, yes, I think what that's it was what happened. <laughs> I am describing. I am reflecting back to you what you said to me. <laughs> but you make it sound so much better. It is what it is, Adrian. It is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. I felt like it was magical timing, but yes, yes. It is magical timing. And again, not everyone can do this. Um, I think Aaron, my husband, was... Oh, we're doing it, everybody. We're getting an Aaron story. (laughs) Was watching, like, (laughs) The View or something. And Tim Scott, senator from uh, South Carolina, is running for president. And... Uh, he's like, well, you know, anyone can do what I'm doing. Well, this is special. And Sonny Hostin is like, not anyone can be a senator for the United States of America. Like, <laughs> like this is special. This, you, this is not an everyman story. And um, I would say to you, not everyone has the ability to kind of drop themselves into a different culture and say, I am going to thrive here. <laughs> To get to get seen, you know what I mean. To go into these fancy stores, people who have seen people from all over the world, uh, and who who mm-hmm. are like, oh, this one's special, you know, <laughs> like Perhaps. you are who you yeah, are. That's, yeah, but yeah, that's very true. I will I will condone that. <laughs> <laughs> he agreed with me. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick coffee break so you can bask a little bit longer, and then we'll be right back. (laughs) Okay, this is a super quick, super cute story. My local bagel shop has signs that say a couple of things. One sign says that you should only refer to staff using gender-neutral terms, which is only remarkable because so few places have a similar sign. The other sign says to wear a mask, which is remarkable because so few places actually ask you to wear a mask when everybody knows that it's gotta cost the shop money when the workers get sick with COVID or the flu. Like my coworker and my day job got sick and I had to cover for her one time and I'm still mad about it. And I'm probably gonna stay that way until she has to cover for me, cause that's life. Anyway. If you can avoid getting sick by wearing a mask in your local shop, then you should do that. It's nice for the workers. It's nice for the people waiting next to you. It's just a nice thing to do. And more importantly, it keeps people from having to cover for you at work if you get sick because nobody wants to do that. Okay, I guess that was less of a cute story and more of a rant. I apologize for that, but my rant is now complete. So let's just get back to the conversation. Back with Adrian Benjamin, Adrian in Paris. 
<laughs> uh, we do want to plug Adrian's social media, Instagram in particular, and it's very French and very Disney. <laughs> and you can help me with my French accent here. It's Le Petit Prince de Genovia. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And uh, for those uh, non-French-speaking people, or for those who don't know how to spell Genovia, we will link to that in the description of the podcast. <laughs> you can just link right over there. So I want to dive deeper, if you don't mind, into uh, some of the, just the way life is different in the States versus in France. Um, we can center the experience in France, though, since you've been there for so long now. Um, and that's, you know, what are like some of the cultural differences that you've noted? Because you, you mentioned a little bit in the last segment, but let's, let's hone in. Yeah, I'd say first and foremost, the French are very like formal, <laughs> like even in the language. Um, and it shows in like how you greet someone. I don't, um, there's, I think most uh, people in the States know it's like the, the double kiss, but it's not really yes. a kiss. It's kind of like, you know, um, and the, the government actually had to say like, don't do that during COVID because, you know, contact and distance. Yeah. Um, so everything here, like, the, like, s'il vous plaît, please, by actual breakdown and translation, like, if it pleases you. <laughs> so things here are very much more like there's a, a routine and rhythm to them, where in the States, it's very informal. <laughs> like, oh, how you yes. greet someone, how you speak, unless you're in, like, a very formal, I don't know, work or funeral, you know? It's like things are much more relaxed, where here there's much more, like, air to it and i, I know i kind of yeah. like it it's it's cute <laughs> okay so okay. that's a, a major difference um i would uh, so you like the rules and i don't know if this is going to be a running theme for this conversation or not but um I, it's like the rules of etiquette almost and etiquette is a french word so <laughs> <Voila. laughs> there it is so what how many kisses are you supposed to give on the cheek like when it when that is a lot two it's like on each side always two okay and that's between men and men or men and women all all of that Are yeah gender roles? okay well with the, it really depends i don't because clearly gay um i just <laughs> go for it anyways okay. with the straight guy and it's like it's like fine and they can tell i'm not from here either so it's like it's whatever it's it's not seen as as gay you know, because it's okay. like European. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, what is seen as gay? It's really hard. Uh, my internal gaydar is always like, is he gay or is he just European? I yeah. will never know. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> well, so mm -hmm. as an older gay um, who has traveled through Europe a couple of times, 100% uh, do agree with you. I, I also find that their sexuality is less rigid than mm. in the States. Like, I don't think they've got the memes that's like, you know, is it, is it gay to do this, bro? Is it? <laughs> no. You know, I don't, I don't think they're going there. I don't, they've got a lot of extra time, uh, but they don't spend it with that. <laughs> that part. Yeah, yeah, it's very it's very relaxed in that regard. But I must say, I see a lot of different sex couples, uh, very romantic on the streets, holding hands, kissing, almost like like more than kissing. If you okay, if okay, you know saying heavy petting, um, but necking, <laughs> but same sex couples, very rarely, unless I'm in a gay space. Because I think the culture in Paris in particular, it's kind of, I don't want to say, it depends on where you are in the city, but it can be quite conservative. So it's like there's, and I use conservative not in the like uh, political ideology, but in the kind of like reserve of like, we don't show that. But for the straights, they get to. So I'm like, where, where are them gays? Where, where, why, don't, why don't they do that? Good question. Um, so that's something I'm observing. And I'm like, where are that though? So yeah. very intriguing. You should um, investigate like oh. gay rights in Paris and the, the movement and see and try to, well, this is me. This is what I would do. Like try to uncover what's at work here because I was in Paris mm. last year and it's the gay district is like 
it, it's it's like it is this area. <laughs> this is where the gays get to be themselves and thrive or yeah. what have you. And I was like, oh, I would ex- kind of expect everything to be like at least a little gay. In but no, yeah. yeah, it's like the whole etiquette thing of like everything has its time and place. Yeah, yeah. Okay, more to investigate yeah. there. Oh, that means I get to have you back if you. <laughs> <laughs> if you do that okay something else that was different can you tell us about the strikes because you posted about those and I was like what is happening so also a little different here is like there's this reverence for uh, political engagement which I wish there was much more in the states and it's kind of increasing over time I must say but due to historical context of like Marie Antoinette vibes this place is very um like the work i think there's like a a very famous expression in french like the worker is king of like Mm. workers rights are like the rights (laughs) so what happened was uh the president macron um realized in the government structure that the retirement age needed to increase um because here in europe in general people are quite reliant on government in regards to pension health care um different things like that and because the age of living is increasing because you know modern medicine and things like technology um it's like well people are living longer so we have to increase that and another thing this is where i'm talking about contradictions um People realize that, but at the same time, there's a very much French like mindset where it's like, this is the way things are done and this is our way. So leave it that way. <laughs> even if it's inefficient, even if it's, there's clearly a more uh, nuanced view. It's like, no, 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 this is the way and this is how we do it. And that's where the strikes came from. <laughs> um, gotcha. This is what it is, but at the same time, um, it really does affect uh, working class and low-income people in a way that it will not affect uh, the upper echelons of society. And so sure. that's where also there was a reference and that's where the historical context too. Um, so as a foreigner, I was not critiquing and I completely understood. Of course, I didn't enjoy. <laughs> I just watched <laughs> because yeah. they were quite intense. Um, there were fires. Fires, uh, Molotov cocktails, as they say. Um if your vehicle was left on the street, like the government would tell you, you need to move it because if you do not, it will not be there tomorrow. And I saw videos and I saw it with my own eyes. Um, I'm actually living in an apartment in um, the neighborhood called Nation, uh, Nation, and it is one of the hubs for Metro Transport because it's right on the, the border of like Paris is just a circle. And so on the circle, there's a lot of major um, Metro stops. And I'm at one where, I guess, notably, a lot of strikes end. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I lived it. The I walked through um, the tear gas. Um, oh, my gosh. The riot police. I had to, like, tell them, no, no, I live here. Please let me through. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was quite intense for a couple of weeks. And people really didn't know when it would end. Um, it's gotten a lot quieter now. Okay. So that's where we're at. <laughs> Have you experienced any more, like, let's say, run-of-the-mill strikes? Because um, when I was there in the past, they'd just be like, oh, the train's not running today. It's a strike. They were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yes. Um, there'd just be, like, strike, because it's, like, women's day. So I actually joined that one for, with a really close friend of mine, and I marched from République all the way to Nation. And it was quite lovely. And um, there was like music, there was food, there was dancing, um, lovely signs that were very witty and poetic. Um, it rained, we still marched through it all, it was cold. Um, and I was very proud of that. And it let me see from their eyes why they do it, which I understand. Mm. Um, but yes, when that happens, because it's just like mass, masses of people, uh, the lines are shut down. And so it's like, you have to find a way. And it's become the norm where it's like, I'm even accustomed to, well, now that line's down, I'll have to find another way. <laughs> okay. Very, very French of you. <laughs> yes. I know. 
<laughs> so, and even in the context of COVID and language barrier and strikes, people literally throwing Molotov cocktails, which is a whole lot, um, you still made some friends. So, like, what was what was that experience like? Yeah, so the first time I arrived, um, I definitely had my friend group from the certification program I did. And that was quite international and people were from everywhere. So not everyone stayed. And I think that is a big theme in why it's very hard to break into the network of Paris because their first question is, where are you from? And like, do you live here? Because if you don't, they don't want to invest time in you because you're leaving. That's their perspective. Yeah. And so once I tell them, of course, I'm not from here, but two, I live here, then they beam and they're like, ah, we welcome you. Um, So it's like breaking into that. And I was taught that through my school and my professor who's French. And so it was like almost having a a cultural translator, (laughs) which was very nice um, because I wouldn't have known that otherwise. Um, And then after the the program ended uh, i basically found friends from just going out because um when covid ended or um the restrictions were lifted and you're able to like go to bars and socialize in person that's when it was much easier to socialize and i must say it was very easy for me to make friends with people that are not from here but in the same regard same with the twin cities Mm-hmm. Like, my family's not from Minnesota, but my closest and dearest, they're also not from Minnesota, or just like me, their parents brought them there. Or like yeah. you, being a transplant and how we're close. I don't know what it, if it's our energies or what, but something brings me to people that are not from that, that land. <laughs> and we have a, a lot, um, I know, to share. And so it's very easy for me to do that. It's very difficult, I must say, to have Parisian friends because of the language barrier. And then that mindset of like, you need to fight your way in. Um, but I must say those that will probably watch this, I love you and they're so sweet to me. So no tea, no shade to them. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, okay. So this is, um, our experience was a little weird because it, we weren't able to get as super close as we possibly could until like COVID was happening and then Almost when it was over. And so um, I don't think we've been to a bar together. I was thinking back. I, I know we've had drinks together, but I don't think we've been to a bar together. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, very strange. Very strange. Uh, and another callback right. to long-term friends. They're going to be like, how, Jerome? You're always at the bar. How are you? <laughs> when are you not at the bar, Jerome? <laughs> That's funny. So tell me about, like, going out to the bars in Paris. Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) they're so different, which is nice to have, like, options. And it's also nice. um, I definitely go to the gay bars to go dancing because I feel most free there. And I feel like they play great music. (laughs) What's your favorite gay, uh, gay club, gay bar? It's Friday night. Where are you going tonight? Well, it depends. So that's the thing. It's um, it's like, it's not like the Twin Cities where it's like you go to your favorite place. It's like you know that there are these certain parties and they travel. So you go to different oh. bars. So okay. there really isn't like a favorite um, like location. But I have a couple of favorite parties in my head okay. where it's I'm like, oh, I know the name of that party. And I'll just ask friends or like they have their social media and they'll say, we're here this weekend. We're here this weekend. So it's a really good way to learn the city because you get a lot of different places. It's a cultural difference for sure. (laughs) Um, Okay. How is the price of alcohol in Paris? Is it astronomical or is it like dirt cheap or? Oh, really? So they call them, I see it on the the menus and like uh, where they write, because you know, they have the chalkboard. It's very very Parisian. Um, they call it shooter, a shooter, like a shot. Okay, sure. Three euros. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> girl, girl, good. I mean, girl. I don't, 
I'm not doing any shoot to hells. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, I have. You, I do. you have to live. You have to but, live. <laughs> but like in the states, that would be what yeah. three times that? Ten, twelve yeah. for one. So the cost of like, yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. Is that typical? Are people typically just doing a little shot and then, or are they sipping on cocktails? Because um, you know the coffees are really small too, and so I'm like. Maybe small beverages is like the thing. Another cultural difference: everything's smaller here. Toilet seats, sidewalks, chairs, tables. <laughs> everything's smaller here. Everything in the states, supersize me, drive yes. through me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very convenience oriented. Um, so here, you're right; things are smaller, um, but strong. Like. Like, no tea, no shade. Like, just because it's smaller does not mean the quantity is lower, too. So, it's good, I must say. And people here, it depends. They drink wine. They drink beer. I'm not okay. a beer person. But, I see, the Twin Cities is a beer place. I get it. Germanic yeah. culture, you know? And so, I'll take a cocktail, and um, we're good there. But also, the cultural difference, which, you know, stereotypical, smoking. Smoking uh, is very popular here. Is it vaping, or but, is it the cigarettes? The cigarette. I mean, they do vape too. Also, uh, French but word. cigarette. <laughs> Some, I think. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I do I, appreciate that, like, like the states, it's like it's a designated area outside. So inside, I'm fine. And I'm like, that's it's not it's not a me. It's not me. But like, I'm glad you can do that outside. So you're you're finding like you're you're fulfilled socially. Like if you're playing The Sims or whatever, you a little diamond over your head. Like your 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 nightlife social party meter feels full. Yeah, it's it's all right. We're doing okay. We're we're still learning. There's a lot to learn, but yeah, I think it's nice. I'm happy to hear that. Um, let's take a quick coffee break on that happy happy moment. And we'll be right back. Okay, we've reached the cross-promotion part of the episode. As you've heard in this conversation and in some of the others, I've got more than a few thoughts on relationships, like the one with my husband, homeownership, like this squalorous fixer-upper, and adventures, like the skydiving video that I posted on YouTube. Now I'm putting all of those thoughts, articles, and videos together at JeromeEvans.com. Now that site is not funded through a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health, so there will be fewer reminders on there to get vaccinated for COVID-19, to ventilate your spaces, and mask, but you know, I want you to be healthy, so I might just do that for free anyway. We'll see. And you actually don't have to worry about keeping up with two websites because I'm going to centralize everything at patreon.com slash bottomlesscoffee, a site where you can follow all of the articles, podcasts, and TV show episodes for free. But there will also be exclusive paid subscriber stuff on there so we can keep the lights on around here, okay? Okay, cross-promotion complete. Let's get back to the conversation. Adrian Benjamin, uh, Le Petit Prince de Genovia. Uh, on Instagram, you'll want to look in the description for the spelling because there are some underscores in it, and I, w- I wouldn't want you to miss that. So, um, Adrian, we've come to the final question of the conversation, and it's a little bit of a thinker. Um, I think, I don't know if you said it's an Oprah moment or a Tyra moment, but it's a moment, <laughs> so we'll see. I want you to close your eyes and imagine it's five years from now. You're the happiest and most successful Adrian that you've ever been. And then you, the Adrian in the present, sit down and talk with this magical future Adrian. And I'm curious about what he says you need to do to be your best self. And while you're thinking about that, I want to just explain that. My inspiration for the question comes a little bit from what you mentioned at the earlier part of the episode where you were like, I felt stagnant and someone else kind of gave me the advice 
of what to do. And it worked out. Um, but I wonder, you know, like sometimes I try to give myself that my own advice. You know what I mean? Like I try to be not only my own worst critic, but also my own number one support. And so this is like a practice. Because <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's not like you're necessarily going to take every single step uh, in this 30 seconds that you've been given. But I wonder about like the idea of, uh, of giving yourself advice. Like, what do you, what do you think you'd say to yourself? That's difficult. I, um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I think what I would tell myself, because I think even now, like if you asked me this, um, what was it, three, four years ago now, um, when I was working at the city of Minneapolis and right before COVID hit, if you asked me if this is what I saw, not at all. There's no way I could have imagined this. I could cry. <laughs> I feel like I'm, and I've said this to a lot of close friends uh, who I FaceTime still back in the Twin Cities, um, I feel irrecognizable. <laughs> both internally and externally. I did not have the mustache. (laughs) So that's a major change. I thought, let me try to be integrated and be quite European with it all. And with the language, it's like opened up my mind to think in very different ways. That's why I think it's wonderful to learn new languages. Um, I think I would tell myself, go for it. Because I was so... I'm a, I'm a very disciplined person. Uh, like I was saying, I'm in my mother's image. My mother was an international pageant queen. <laughs> and my oh. father was a U.S. Um, like a flight sergeant. So I'm like, discipline It has been deeply input into me. And once I'm told something, it's like I, I figure it out and I do it no matter what. Um, but I think I very much changed to be more adaptable, flexible, and I think I'm one of the most uh, resilient <laughs> mentally um, yeah. people that I know because of it. So I would tell myself, let go and just go for it because I would have no idea the worlds that have opened before me because of just letting go. <laughs> and yeah. so it's been very scary, I must say, like as inspirational as it is and all the change and growth, it's very difficult. And I now understand, the first time I returned after the digital communications program, I was in the honeymoon phase of like, wow, this place is so glamorous. Like I had the Le Vian Rose in me and I didn't see any problems whatsoever. And then I decided to come back and stay and then all the problems showcased themselves to me. And then I was like, it's not a dream, this place, it's a reality. And yeah, it's, I'm really glad I did it, but I don't know if I like would have had the strength beforehand to do it. Like, I think I was at the right place at the right time and I was at the top of my career and that's why I felt like I was ready. But I I understand now, I think I was quite Princess Diana naive of it all (laughs) in that. Yeah. Of like, I just saw, oh wow, look at this wonderful, like, old palace that I get to join. I didn't see all of the history behind it that could really do a lot of damage (laughs) to foreigners. So I understand why not many people take the venture because it's very difficult and not not only money and the like physical abilities that it takes, but the mental fortitude too. So a long-winded answer put down into a nice little bite would be like, just go for it because trust yourself and you can do it. That's wonderful. And I, I fully vibe with um, one, with one, with go, going for it. Absolutely. But also with uh, appreciating the fact that not everyone goes for it and makes it. Like you can go for it and then have to go back home. You know, that, that happened when I was growing up in Atlanta all the time. And I am very comfortable with that because those are two fine choices to me. Um but also, like, I have to acknowledge that the people typically who don't make it aren't, like, amenable to coming onto a podcast and talking about it, you know? And so, <laughs> so I'm glad that you made it. 
<laughs> well, girl, there's still time. Who knows? I don't know if I've officially. I don't know. There's still time for me to come back. Um, but like, I still no matter feel what like happens, you've been successful. You know, like this is this is success. You did it. Like you made like maybe let's say maybe there are ten levels to success. You've not made some notches in those levels, and so it is a success story. Like no matter where it goes from here. Yeah, it's very sweet of you. <laughs> it's true. I'm a storyteller, so I can <laughs> for sure a success story. <laughs> but and girl, just yeah. as there have been failures too along the way. So it's like, that's why I say just keep going. Just keep yes. going. Because even if along the way you fail, it's not over. It's not over. No. It's just a little stumble. Keep going. <laughs> well, I think we should, should we make that your final thought? as well yes because it's it's a really good one it's going to resonate with a lot of people because it's not everyone is going to be like moving to paris or whatever for some people it's like do i go for that promotion you know do i do i shoot my shot with that man with my uh my gym crush or whatever go for it (laughs) go for it (laughs) and with other people it's gonna be do i go back to school you know what i mean Mm -hmm. do i do I take the uncomfortable steps necessary for me to pursue my own growth? And we, we say, go for it. Yay. That's it. Bam. <laughs> oh, babe, this has been amazing. Thank you for taking the time out of your Friday afternoon. You know she's busy. <laughs> for this conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been so wonderful. Always a joy to see your face and just feel your energy. Ooh, even from across the pond. Well, thank you all also for tuning in. I'm Jerome Evans. You just heard from me and Adrian Benjamin, Luke with two plus or Genovia. Find the find the link in the in the description of the episode. Um, stream us at bottomlesscoffeeshow.com. That's TV. It's podcast and that's other special exciting things. Thanks all. Bye. Bottomless Coffee Podcast is produced by me, Jerome Evans. Our music is licensed through Artlist. We are grateful to be funded by a grant through the Minnesota Department of Health. I very much hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening.